webyeshiva.org. Sure for Leila Seder. We are now on Urchat. Okay, what I'd like to do today in Shear is as follows. I'd like to uh, I'd like to have the first part of the Shear to talk about uh, a little bit of the halachot uh, of Urchatz, the uh, some sources, some origins that are actually quite uh, quite interesting, and then talk about the other part of the Shear about the famous idea. If I were to ask you, why do we wash hands again before we even get into the Shear? The most famous Jewish answer. If I would ask you, why do we wash our hands in Urchatz for uh, for dipping a vegetable in liquid? And during the year, we usually don't. What's the answer you would probably tell me? Go ahead, hit those chats. Not trick questions, not trick questions. Just go, choose everyone or just me. Why do we... All right. So we wash in the beginning of the meal all year long. That's okay. That's fine. That's great. And Urchatz is talking about for dipping vegetables, uh, v- dipping vegetables in a liquid. All right. So we do Urchatz. Most people will probably say, let me just see some of the chats here. Okay, someone send them privately. We do it so that people should ask. That's what a lot of us have been uh, taught. And there are commentaries that actually you do say that. We'll see as we go along uh, where that comes from. But the bottom line is that it's a concept for all the Seder night that we do things so people could ask. And where does that come from? I mean, it's a beautiful idea and there are sources for it. So I'd like to show you the source for that uh, based on the uh, Abar Benel, of where we see in Layla said there that we do things so people should ask. So again, the first part, let's talk about uh, the concept of Urchatz and from there move on into uh, doing things so people should ask where that comes from. Okay, let's get to work. Chulim, let's go. We begin in Chulim, and the first topic we're talking about in Chulim is, hey, why do we even do Netilat Yadayim? That's, well, wash for a mozi, we do Netilat Yadayim. Ever ask yourself, why? Why do we do Netilat Yadayim? Interesting question, right? So let's see what the Gemara says. Let's see where all, everything comes from. Amar of Idi Bar Avin. I purposely chose over here Sfaria. I like to thank Sfaria tremendously. Uh, they use the uh, Steinzaltz uh, Koran uh, version. So we have everything here all translated. Amar Avidi Bar Avin, Amar Avitzhak, Barashia. Netilat Yadayim Lechulin, Mipnei Srach, Truma. All right. So why do we do Netilat Yadayim? Because of Truma. Something to do with Truma. Truma, as we know, are holy uh, uh, holy foods, which we'll talk about in a second. For the Torah, really, truma is only for wheat and grapes. And the truth is also, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, Tiroshin Yitzhar, also for oil that comes from olive oil. But olive oil is uh, rarely eaten uh, with the hands, usually as oil. So the bottom line is, so we do Nutilatia dime for truma. Interesting. Wait, 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 but one second, one second. I want to get this straight. Today, do we have truma? Let's just hit those chats so we get a little bit into it. Do we have truma today? Do people take food and bring it to the Kohen and that food has holiness? Do we do such a thing today? Is there such a thing? Okay, so 
right? We see someone uh, chatting privately. No, that that's correct. Today we don't we don't give any holy foods to the Kohen. Well, I just one second. Do we have to take off just on a side note? Just two two interesting points. Uh, do we have to take off truma when you go to the field and you harvest the field today in in Israel? Of course, it's a, one of the mitzvot of Eretz Israel. Do you have to take off a truma from from those uh, from 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 the crop? The answer to that is yes. Excellent. But what do we do with it? Do we give it to a Cohen? Do we give it to a Cohen? Do we give it to the Cohen? Can we take it and give it to the Cohen? No, we don't. Right? See someone chanting. Why not? Because you have to eat truma. Okay, give it to the Cohen. Appropriate thing to do. We have to give it to the Cohen in a way that they can eat it in a holy manner. Well, today we're all tameh. We're not. Uh, we're not pure. So therefore, we can't eat truma. So therefore, uh, you don't give it. Also, how do we know who a Cohen is? Uh, interesting thing is that in the uh, the zoo, the biblical zoo in Israel, what they do is they take all the uh, fruits and vegetables that uh, are taken off for truma, and they sell the animals to a Kohen so they can actually feed the animals uh, truma. <laughs> Believe it or not, it's an interesting uh, thing that they do over there. But anyway, bottom line is great. So we put truma. We don't give truma to a Kohen. Great. How did they make the Mikdash? What did they do? Oh, wait, wait, we'll get to that. We'll get to that in a moment. Right? Talking about bread. Talking about just absolute bread, just plain bread. Okay. So in Talmud Beit Mikdash, if you had wheat, you would have to, you you would have to give some of the wheat to who? Let's go. Talmud Beit Mikdash, right? You had wheat, you had a field. Who would you have to give some of that wheat to? Okay. You have to give some of that wheat, actually uh, a certain percentage of it to, to the Kohen, right? So the Kohen would be eating bread, which was holy. Would the Kohen have to wash their hands before eating their bread? And we'll see how this connects in a moment to you, to what you're saying about dipping, uh, dipping vegetables in water. We'll see in a moment how it connects, right? But let's talk, let's talk about bread for a moment, okay? So you have bread, you, you have wheat in your field, you gave the Kohen some of that wheat, you gave him the truma, the Kohen now is holy wheat, makes holy bread, and before the Kohen, uh, before the Kohen goes to eat from that bread, the Kohen has to wash his, her hands. Why do they have to wash their hands? How do they wash their hands? Something very interesting. If a person is pure, went to the mikvah, is pure, they can eat truma. They themselves are pure. But hands are always considered to be dirty. Very interesting. Always considered to be dirty because they are impure, to be more precise, because not, not dirty words, impure, because they're always touching things. So there's a special halacha that even though you may have gone to the mikvah and you're 100% pure, you still, you still cannot touch the holy bread if you haven't washed your hands. You have to take a, a vessel and wash your hands. Okay, quick summary, quick summary. You had wheat. You had to give some of the wheat to the Kohen. That wheat is holy. That wheat is holy. The bread made from it is holy wheat, holy bread, holy bread. Can the Kohen eat from that bread? Uh, if they haven't gone to the mikvah, the arm pure. No, no, God forbid. It's punishment of death, by the way. So you had to go to the mikvah. So the Kohen had to be pure. Wait, so wh why wash your hands? Because even though you're pure, your hands are not. Hands touch things. If you don't wash them, and 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 Nachman saying they're considered dirty if you're not washing them. Okay, good point. That's correct. Right. If you don't wash your hands, your hands just go around touching perfectly. Put Nachman. So, 
Time of Beit HaMikdash, before you would eat Truma, you have to go and wash your hands. The problem was that no one was doing it because people ate bread. And they went to the store, they ate bread without doing a tilat yadayim. They, they just use you take bread and you eat it. That's the way you do it. So everyone was used to eating bread by just touching the bread and eating it. No one washed. It didn't exist. And then every once in a blue moon, a Kohen would get holy bread. It wasn't all the time. Most of the bread the Kohen ate were not holy. No, they, they ate regular bread like you and me, right? So... Every once in a while, a Kohen would go and take a piece of holy bread and eat it without washing their hands. That's a serious problem. So Chazal sat down, what do we do? What do we do? And it came along with the following decree. Since most bread is not holy, and therefore we're not used to washing our hands, so when we do get to the holy bread, no one will remember. They made a decree that Everyone, Kohanim and non-Kohanim, everyone will wash their hands before eating bread. Why bread and not other fruits and vegetables? Because truma was, again, from the Torah, truma, the uh, contribution of truma is only for, uh, for wheat, for grapes, and for, and for uh, olive oil. Olive oil is a liquid. You don't really eat it with your hands. Same for wine. You drink it. So the only one left is bread. All right. So the rabbis made a special decree to save the holiness of the truma, to save the kohanim and kept forgetting all over the place, that everyone washes their hands. And well, once that kind of was made, a lot of ideas are already uh, behind it of a holiness and special and that the and bread is like a korban and the holiness of the table. A lot of other things were added on around that to such an extent that it's considered to be one of the... Um, uh, one of the big merits of eating food is until you dime, and someone should be very careful to do until you dime, and a lot of halachot around it. But this this is the core of it. A lot of spiritual things eventually, like I said before, are built up around it. But nonetheless, this is the core. Okay. So why do we say a bracha? We say Baruch Hashem Olam Asher We were commanded to do until you dime. Who were we commanded by? By the rabbis to make sure that we don't. Uh, Desecrate truma. So it's a special thing to keep truma holy, which is very important. It's basically keeping the holiness in Am Yisrael. It's a very, very, very big mitzvah to keep holy. All right. Now, a whole debate. Let's just see what we see it over here. So let's just see this one last time. Amar Avide bar Avin, Amar Avitzak bar Ashian, Netilat Yadayim Lechulin, Mipnei Srach Truma. Let's just see the words and understand them. Netilat Yadayim Lechulin, Chulin from the word of Chol. Uh, non-holy. Why do we wash hands for non-holy bread, regular bread? Because of strach truma, because of uh, repercussion of eating truma. Okay, let's see a translation over here. All right. So, therefore, people, so people are not accustomed to eating without washing their hands, which would in turn lead to the priests to partake of truma without washing their hands. So we keep in the holiness. So far, so good. So far, so good. All right. Now, what happens if someone eats less than a kazait, very small amounts of bread? Mm, there's debates. There's arguments. If the halacha is only for a substantial amount of a kabitza, which is about the size of an egg, are we talking about even a small amount? 
different debates and discussions of of how much uh, you know how big of a piece of bread we have to wash. Well, if I would have asked you, do we wash even for a small piece of bread? You would tell me, yes, we do, which is what the Mishnah Brewer brings. I want to show that to you in a second. However, we don't say a bracha, so you should know. If you take a small piece of bread, uh, less than a kabitza, actually, and you eat a very small amount of bread, you do not eat like you're dying, but we don't say a bracha. There's a whole argument, you say a bracha on it or not. Now we get to what uh, Yudi said about the varshi tipulobe mashke, something that we're dipping, we're not eating bread, we're taking a vegetable like in karpas, taking a vegetable and we're dipping it in a liquid. So, or I like where right, we take, a, you know, depending on the minhug, um, some take a potatoes, the parsley, you dip it like in the salt water. So we're dipping it in water. So why are we washing our hands? Well, let's see that over here. Okay. The origin here is from the Gemara in Psachim Kuftetvav. Says the Gemara. Amar Rabbi Elazar, Amar Rab Oshaya. Kol shetibuloba mashke, tarich netilat yadayim. All right. So Rabbi says, anything that you dip in water, you take a piece of potato, parsley, whatever it is, you're dipping it in water, you have to do netilat yadayim. And now comes the question, why? Well, does the Gemara say, just look at the Gemara, does the Gemara say anything? Let's, let's go hit those chats over there. Does the Gemara say, and this is the origin of a lot of topics in Halacha, does the Gemara here say why? Let's go, hit those chats. Does the Gemara say why? Does the Gemara say why something which is dipped in liquid? Anything in the Gemara here? Not a trick question. Not a trick question. Okay, does the Gemara mention anything over here? Oh, okay, I see a private chat coming in. The answer is no, that's correct. The Gemara does not say why. Just says you don't. Just says you don't. Well, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It doesn't say why, just say you do. You, you wash your hands. And this is very not clear. Like, why, why, why is that? So the Rishonim actually argues this. And some say, you know something? It's just like bread. Why in bread do we do Natila time? Because we're afraid. What happens if, uh, if a Kohen goes to eat, goes to eat uh, something which is uh, of holiness and their hands are, are, are not cleansed and they touch water. Water is an interesting effect where it actually uh, takes the low level of, uh, of impurity and actually raises it up one. So if the Kohen is going to eat anything that has anything liquid on it, it's not just uh, the Kohen, by the way, is eating anything of, of holiness. If you're eating anything which has holiness to it and there's water and your hands, again, had that level, level like Nachman, like you said before, a certain level of, of considered to be, could be dirty or impure. And the water now multiplies that impurity. So basically speaking, you're eating something and that eating of it can, um, 
the eating of it can can make it make it impure. So some say it's just like bread. We we needed to make sure that no one makes the mistake, and if you dip your hands and you when you wash your hands, the level of impurity can 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 rise. Therefore, one should wash their hands before touching anything with water. Some say it's nothing to do with the fact by bread, we just did it to make sure everyone's used to washing their hands. Nothing to do with being used to wash your hands. It's an actual problem. If in a time of Beit HaMikdash, you touched water, multiplied the impurity on your hands, and you touched something which was pure, you made it non-pure, That's, it was a real issue. So again, 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 quick summary. The problem is, again, you touch water, it multiplies the impurity in your hands, which can actually take any holy food and make it impure. Okay. Are we doing this halacha, that anything you dip in water, are we doing it so that we remember to get used to washing our hands? It Just like bread, right? We just do it to remember so we don't forget. Or is it because... There was a real problem in the time of Beit HaMikdash that it was multiplying the impurity. Did, did the rabbis command to do it to get used to washing the hands? Or did the people just wash their hands to make sure they weren't impure? Okay? So believe it or not, this is actually an argument between Rashi, which, by the way, the uh, Tosot, very interesting, brings this opinion of Rashi, and it vanished from a manuscript. A lot of uh, Rashi's, Rashi was written in the olden days. It was not written on the side of the Gemara like we have today. That's actually quite recent. Rashi used to write his comments on a notebook. And a notebook in Hebrew is called a kuntres. And in ancient Hebrew, even modern ancient Hebrew. So also doesn't call Rashi, Rashi says. He says, says the notebook, perish hakuntres, the notebook says. So people used to have the original Gemara, and they used to have the notebooks. Now, some of these notebooks got lost. This Rashi actually got lost. It got lost. So there's an argument of Rashi and Tosfot. Over here is, did the rabbi say, you know, just to make sure no one forgets to wash their hands, make sure you wash your hands just like by bread, at which point it was a commandment of the rabbis, you then, you then say a bracha. Or was there no such commandment. It was just, you know, you wash your hands because uh, you touch uh, something of water. It multiplies the impurity in your hands. And you make something which is pure and pure. So it's just a technicality that only applies to the era of the Beit Hamikdash. Not today anymore. Not today. So so quick summary, quick summary. Today, and again, it's a very, it's a, here's a question and a very Jewish answer, and we're about to wrap it up. About to wrap it up. Today, when you wash your hands for dipping a vegetable in water, right? Now, even if you use a fork, it doesn't make a difference. If you if you cook or touch your water, the standard is to use it without a fork. If you're dipping something in water, do you have to say a bracha on the washing of the hands? What's the answer? Okay, do you have to say a bracha or not? It's a classical Jewish answer okay so when you wash for bread do you have to say a bracha again they just hit the chats over there if you don't mind all right let's go hit those chats when you wash for bread do you have to say a bracha you do the tilos okay yes for bread why why because we were commanded a shirk in the shanu who were we commanded by 
by the rabbis. Why? Everyone should get used to washing their hands so we don't violate. Now, for dipping something in water, do we have to? Do we have to wash your hands? It says over here you have to wash your hands. Do you have to say a brach? Uh, and we'll see that some opinions today say you don't really have to, right? Right now. By the way, the Rambam brings, Nachman, help us out here. The Rambam brings, what does the Rambam say? Do you have to wash your hands? And do you have to say a bracha? What does the Rambam say? Nachman, so you say absolutely, right? That's yours? That's your line? Right? So the Rambam goes along and says, yes, that's it. It's the same thing like bread, same thing, exact same thing. You have to wash your hands. We have to make sure everything's holy. The rabbis commanded it. We're going to wash ourselves and everything else. Whether you're eating bread or you're dipping something in water, you're going to wash your hands because uh, hands can be anywhere. And the rabbis said that everyone should wash their hands. We should just get used to, uh, to washing hands. But some say. Others say, no. This is a machloket. Some say, no, 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 no. In bread, it was a special commandment of the rabbis to wash yourself because most, uh, the truma, truma, is the most important thing, and truma was that uh, was that uh, was bread, and it was a special thing the rabbi said about watching the truma the kohanim, but 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 fruits in water in the time of Beit Hamikdash when everyone was holy, wash your hands. Today we don't need it so much. So some say you don't have to at all. Some say you wash, but you don't say a bracha, and some say you wash and you do say a bracha. The, the Rambam says you wash and you say a bracha. The Vilna Gaon says you wash. And you say a bracha. And some say you don't wash at all. And some say you wash and you don't say a bracha. So classic Jewish answer. It's a massive, it's a big machloket. Okay, but you should know. There are opinions that say that you should. Uh, most commentaries actually say that you actually should. Wash your hands regardless. Argument about bracha. Rama will say yes. Vilna Gaon will say yes. And a lot of others say no. I want to show that to you. Uh, Nachman, you're bringing here. Uh, the Rambam, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the Haggadah of Pesach of the Rambam, right? That's what it looks like. Okay, correct? That's what you're bringing for us over here? Right, where the Rambam says, and then you, you say, Anatil the dime of Chametzumatz, right? All right. Oh, chapter 8 of Chametzumatz. Well, okay, fine. He's explaining what you do in the Seder. Okay, that's the Rambam. Wonderful. There's also, of course, a debate and a discussion of, of how much. You should just know the topic's a little deeper than that. They want to know that, you know, if you, if you, if you ate a small piece of, uh, of potato or something less than, a, less than a kazai, then for sure you should have to say a bracha. There's a whole bunch of opinions of, of how much we take in the carpas. We take a little bit or we take more. Some say less than a kazai. Some say, no, you take more than a kazai. It's actually a whole topic of also about saying the bracha and so on and so on. But nonetheless, nonetheless, I want to just show you over here and then summarize all this. And then we'll go into the other topic of, of, so you should ask, which is the other opinion, but I'm going to show you some really, really, something really fascinating in a second. Let's first see what the, or what, what the, what the Shulchan Aruch says. It says the Shulchan Aruch as follows. Okay, look at the Shulchan Aruch. When you go to eat bread, again, I brought here this Faria, who is amazing, okay? Everything here in English. When you come to eat bread, you wash your hands and you say hamotzi. So far, so good. We all know this. And you say a bracha, but let's see over here what happens if you, uh, first of all, if you eat less than a kazayit, the Shulchan Aruch says, some say you do, and some say you don't. So I'm just bringing up an interesting topic that even those that say you say a bracha when you dip something in liquid, actually depends if you're using less than a kazayit 
a lot of them will say, then you don't say it. Just, just be aware. It's not just clear cut on carpus on your on urchas. It's a bachlokas. If you say bracha, not you'll say the bracha, but you have to have a substantial amount. The Brahman also believe uh, holds that you should have more, more, more than a kazai. But anyway, let's go on. Look what it says over here. Says the Shulchan Aruch, if you eat something that's dipped in the seven liquids, or it's uh, dipped in water, whatever it is, all right, then, okay, you you wash without a blessing. That's how the Shulchan Aruch paskins against the Rambam. Against the Rambam. Okay, now look at this. Let's just see over here what's brought down in the, in the, uh, in the Mishnah Barua. I'm just going to touch base on just one line. Okay. Right? He says as follows. Just if you ever get a chance to look in the Mishnah Bur, you'll say like this. Why do we wash without a bracha? Why is the Shulchan Aruch possible without a bracha? Because the Shulchan Aruch did not hold like the Vilna and the Ramam that for sure you stay a bracha. The Shulchan Aruch held that there's a debate and an argument. He didn't take any sides. And when you don't take any sides, you're lenient on brachot. Says the Mishnah Bura. Because some of the Rishonim say, you don't need the tilat yadayim for something which is which is dipped in mashke, okay? And some say you do. So therefore, we basically what we do is uh, we do is that we stafek berchot la'akel. So we don't say a bracha. But watch this: the Magen Avram says that the world, the world about right, the most people today don't wash. And they have who to rely on. Who is that? The opinions of the Rishonim that we just brought a second ago. But he brings that a lot of a lot of Achronim were more machmer in it. And you should know that the Vilna Goen also says at the end of the day, the Mr. Burr says it's better. Okay, it's better that one. It's better that one does if one one, one should. But the bottom line is those who don't the Magad of Arm brings, a lot of people can rely on it not to. Nonetheless, he says if you're eating less than a kazayit, for sure you don't have to be machmir on it at all. And this gives us a very interesting inkling to what's going on on the Seder night. And with that, we flip quickly to the tour. And with this, we're almost done with this section. Look at the tour. The tour says something unbelievable. Tour says now, look at this. We take the vegetables. Okay, and before that, he says, you wash your hands for dipping carpas. Why? Because everything that's dipped in liquid needs needs to be your hands to be washed. And you say a bracha. Well, if you say a bracha, so first of all, it also gives us inkling that we're talking about you, you, you eat a more substantial thing in a kazait. But he says, he says, look at this. Romer of Rottenberg. Romer of Rottenberg writes that today, Aida means today. We don't wash on something which is dipped in in liquid. And therefore, uh, he would not say a bracha. One second. And therefore, he would not say a bracha on, on, the, on the washing of the hands. This is very interesting. So again, those say that you must wash and say a bracha. There are those that say, today we don't have to wash. And there are those that say, you know, you really should, but because of the argument, wash and don't say a bracha. And again, if you didn't listen to Kazai, then you definitely uh, don't have to. So you see, you see this argument. You see this amazing, and the tour brings both opinions, and he says, therefore, you should do something to actually make yourself a have to wash. But anyway, nonetheless, nonetheless, 
So if I were to ask you then, I want to ask you then, today when we dip carpas, we dip the potato, the parsley, whatever your minhag is, in water, do you have to do natil tiyadayim and say a bracha? One word, one word, which is what? Do you just have, only thing you have to have in your mind is just one word. Do you have to wash and do you have to say a bracha? One word, which is the classic, because we said before, the classic Jewish answer, which is, it's an argument. It's a machloket. Have it in your mind. And you should know. So we'll say a bracha. If you have more than a kazai, you actually, you, you wash, you say a bracha. Okay. But everyone today washes in urchas. Everyone. And that's something which is just well, just for just one second. During the year, a lot of people don't. Most people don't. But in Layla Seder, everyone does. Why is that? Good question, no? So during the year, it's a machloket. For bread, everyone agrees. It's a special thing of the rabbis to make sure Truma's, Truma stays holy. And, and they make sure everyone does it. By the way, you may ask yourself, well, today there's no Beit HaMikdash. Why do we have to be in practice? And the answer is that we always live in our lives. Every second, the Beit HaMikdash can be built. So we want to train ourselves. That's actually what it says in Chazal. We train ourselves that every moment Beit HaMikdash can be built, we're going to be used to it. But that's it. So we're, for bread, everyone agrees to do it. So we're used to it. No Beit HaMikdash now. We're used to it. We're all ready for washing hands when eating bread. So the Kohanim don't make a mistake. And we, we're, we're keeping the, sanct- the sanctity of the truth. Wonderful. For dipping something in liquid, uh, argument. Some say yes with the bracha, some say no, uh, a different argument. But in Layla Seder, everyone agrees that we're going to wash our hands saying a bracha. That's still an argument. That's still an argument. But washing hands, everyone agrees. Why? There are some opinions that say that today we don't have to wash our hands. So why does everyone say we wash our hands on the Seder night? Everyone agrees. Why? Where does that come from? One answer, which again, most people aren't aware of, at the Seder night, it's a special level of holiness. So just like in the time of the Beit HaMikdash, people wash their hands to make sure they're holy. Same thing on the Seder night, we're in the extra level of holiness. So we do just like they did in the time of the Beit HaMikdash. There are other opinions. And by the way, even according to this opinion, also opinions that uh, so that the children should ask to make the evening uh, a lot more uh, interesting, which we'll talk about in a second. What, what What's that all about? There were a, a lot of communities, you see these minhagim, that the only one, till this very day, that the only one that washes for Urchatz is the one leading the Seder. Uh, let me just see if anybody's saying, could it be that we are reliving the first? You know something? Bonnie's suggesting over here that we're reliving the first Pesach in those times. You know, that's uh, it's it's actually a very beautiful idea. Yeah, in Pesach, we have on the Seder plate, I'll just prove it to you, right? We have something which reminds us of the Korban Pesach, right? Right, Bonnie? Right, we have on the Seder plate. By the way, we use uh, a chicken wing so that people will not get confused that it actually is a Korban Pesach because chickens are not part of Korbanot. But yeah, we're actually reliving, we're reliving Pesach. We're reliving uh, that, that, that level of holiness. Beautiful idea, beautiful idea. And some say against the people should ask, and therefore a lot of there's a whole lot of communities that their minhag is that the only one washing their hands is the one leading the stater. It's because it's more an idea than actual 
halacha. So again, the Ramam will say, of course, everyone washes their hands. What's it a talk? And most commentaries say, of course, everyone washes their hands. But some say, no, 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 just the one leading the Seder washes their hands. Uh, historically speaking, you should know that uh, there was a minute of people used to wash their hands. Nachman, I believe you brought that at the very, very beginning. People used to wash their hands before eating, right? I think you brought in the very, very first chat. I think the Rosh brings it, everyone brings it. They used to be, people used to wash their hands before before Kiddush. That was the minhag. Before Kiddush, people washed their hands. So if you see where it says only the head of the Seder uh, washes for Urchatz, it doesn't mean that no one washes their hands. It just means that they, re, they rely on the washing before Kiddush. But nonetheless, some communities have only the one leaving the Seder because, again, you, you should ask. It's an idea. Uh, it, it, it's, an, it's an idea, and therefore only one leaving the Seder uh, washes washes their washes their hands. All right. So now we're about to get to the second part, where some say at Seder night, even though for all those people who are doing the year do not wash their hands, and definitely do not say a bracha. Okay, but they don't wash their hands on Seder night. Everyone will wash their hands. Why one that level of holiness? To uh, as we said, to people, to people should ask and be interested. Okay, and that's an answer, by the way, for a lot of things we do in the state or night. That people should be interested in ask. And, and of course, you may want to ask yourself, where, where did that come from? I mean, it's a beautiful idea. Where did it come from, and why is that actually so important? So let me show you something absolutely fascinating, brought down by the Barbanel. Your Barbanel. I'll show you something really, really, really cool. All right. There are four sons. And four sons, if you ever want a nice Torah for the Seder night, just listen what their Barbanel shares with us. Four sons, the Torah just brings a whole bunch of psukim talking about it. Yeah, Mitzrayim, there aren't truly four sons in the Torah itself. And the rabbis are teaching us an idea. Four sons are using psukim to represent a certain idea. So one is a wise son who actually really wants to know, and the other one is the Russia who's actually knocking things. And the time is like, oh, I don't know what's going on, but like not really that interested and not that not interested. It's somewhere along the middle. And then you got the fourth son who's not for nor against just complete like doesn't really care or doesn't know actually and doesn't care is more like the Tom the Shino Daily Show just unaware so 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 what do you do you you you, you tell him well he didn't ask a question he doesn't care about the answer a person who doesn't even know what's flying and know what's going on you can't just tell them things because they're not interested. People who ask a question want an answer. Everyone asked a question so far. The Chacham asks, what's going on? What are all these testimonies? The Russia is being uh, negative. Okay, we got that. The Tom says, what is this? So they're asking, they're saying something. If someone says something, you can answer them. But if they're not saying anything, what are you answering them? So what do we do? So before you say anything to them, you have to get them interested. 
at Ptahlo, you open the conversation. Get them to ask. Get them to ask. And only if they're interested can you now tell them. Shenemar. Now we find the Pasuk with this idea. Again, now that the Pasuk's talking about a specific a specific uh, a Pasuk that talks about the sun, it's just a beautiful idea from the Pasuk. As it says, Okay? Now look at this Pasuk. What does the Pasuk say? You'll speak to your son on that day saying. Um, isn't this redundant? Speak to your son on that day and tell him. Uh, why does it just say, tell your son that Hashem did this for me? What does it mean, tell your son, tell him? Speak to your son on that day saying. It's completely redundant. Your barber looks at this much closer and he says something beautiful. He says, Get him into it. We'll see in a moment some beautiful idea in Diktuk in Hebrew too. Get your son into it. Make the son say what's going on. Get your child to speak up and say, what's going on over here? That's how he explains Pshad here in the Pesach. And then you tell him what this is. You have to get your son into it and let the son say what's going on. Only then you can talk to that child. And we'll see where we're going with this in a moment. So this is beautiful. But uh, nonetheless, where, where in the world, where in the world do we see, do we see these words? Tell your son and make him say. So I want to share with you that the Torah has a lot of words, a lot of synonyms to the word say something. Let me just see what Nachman's saying. Tell the Torah uses this style. Tell him, relay me to teach him. Okay, well, to teach him children, the same thing. Yes, 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 yes. And here we're going to see something really interesting about the words. Look at this. In Hebrew, there are many ways of saying the word to say. For example, okay. Hashem called out to him, Vayikra. To call out, hey, that's one way of saying to say, Limor, Kotomar lebeit Yaakov, Vetaged libne Israel. So, Tomar lebeit Yaakov, Taged libne Israel, go tell Beit Yaakov and tell the Jewish nation. It's the same thing. Rashi brings the famous, famous, famous Medrash. Beit Yaakov refers to the women and Bnei Israel refers to the men. He says, to the men, you can give it to them. Taged, not, not, not tagid. It's a different word completely, okay? But taged from the word of tell them firmly and strongly. But tomar, speak gentle. Okay, when you tell Beit Yaakov, okay? Look at Rashi, brings the mechilta. Elu anashim tomar raka. Speak gently. So, Hashem commands Moshe to speak gently. So now we know that the word more means gentle. Now we're going to learn something unbelievable. We see in the Torah many times it says, by the bear Hashem and Moshe, lay more. Okay? Second? Here we go. Torah many, many times says, by the bear Hashem and Moshe, lay more. By the bear Hashem and Moshe, lay more. The commentaries say, le da bear. Le da bear means firmly. 
Stav is a commandment. By the bear spoke firmly. So Hashem spoke to Moshe firmly. And he told Moshe, relay these words to the nation. So by the bear Hashem and Moshe Limor, it doesn't mean Hashem spoke to Moshe instead. That's redundant. What it means, the Levush brings in, many other Rishonim bring, it means Hashem told Moshe, go tell these things to the nation. So Hashem told Moshe two things. First of all, I'm giving it to you firmly as is. And I'm asking you two things. Please relay it to the nation, but please relay it to them gently. Please relay it to them nicely. Please relay it to them in a way where Torah has beauty. So Hashem spoke to Moshe firmly and told him to relay it in a nice way. Kotomar lebeit Yaakov. Okay, kotomar lebeit Yaakov. Speak gently, speak nicely. So we see that the bear is firm. We see that Lemor is gentle. There's something even more gentle than gentle. And that is lehagid. Lahagid means you don't even say, you're like you're telling a story. Lahagid. We see this, by the way, in Lahagid Baboker Chazdecha Vemunatcha Balilot. Okay? We say in Mizmor Shir Liyoma Shabbat. We say that we proclaim Hashem's steady fast love at daybreak and the faithfulness each night. So we're not telling, oh, Hashem has love at daybreak. We're, we're, we're like, singing it. We're emotionally expressing it. When you're telling a story and you really get into it, that's called lehagid. So now let's go back to what we see about the uh, Second, we had over here. Here we go. What do we do? You open up. There's a Pasuk in Torah that says that you should tell your story to your child, but not just tell your child, here's what happened. You see, I'm trying. Here's what we did. Here's the halachot. Express it emotionally, like you're talking about the greatness of Hashem at dawn break and night, and about the wonders of Hashem. Just, just, just sit down and like, wow, just tell the story. Make it exciting. And if you do that, your child will eventually turn to you and say what's going on. And then you can give the child all the stories. Says the Arbarbanel, to the whole essence of the Seder night is that once a year we stop what we do. And once a year we experience, like I think, Connie, I believe you said before, I we're reliving, I think you said, right? You said we're reliving the first Pesach, right? You said that? You said that a while ago? That was you, I believe, right? Yes, no? I think it was you. I can check. Right? We're really reliving the first Pesach, right? That's it was me. Ah, it was you. Great. Good. So my memory's still there. So that's exactly what we're doing. We're not sitting down on the Seder night, says the Abarbadon, and saying, listen, here's what happened. Here's what we do. Here's the halachot. Here's everything. On the contrary, we are singing it. We're saying halal. We're telling the story and we're getting, uh, you know, and the emotional and we're, and we also throw in fun stuff. Like we, we give uh, the presents and, you know, it says in the Gemara, they used to give out uh, nuts and which at that time, I guess was pretty fancy, like candies. You know, some people to stay tonight, like giving candies to the kids uh, without sugar, of course, you know, but the point is that make it a happening, make it a happening. And then people are going to go, wow, 
That's Vehikadata, make it a happening. And then they're going to go, well, what's tonight? Oh, once they're into it, you could tell them. By the way, it doesn't just apply to children. It, this even applies if someone's alone at the Seder night. You can't just sit there and say it. You really have to get into it. So just quick summary. Says the Barbanel, we are all the Shainoyodali show. When we walk into Seder night in our mind, us and everyone at the Seder night are people that walk in and are not interested at the moment the Seder begins. The last thing on their mind is, okay, uh, what was the story? What happened? Uh, what do we do? And uh, we're not into it. So you have to get into it. So we're all the Shinodali Shaol. And therefore, the wording that we use, what do we call the, the safer that we say on Seder night? Hagadashel Pesach. We don't say it. Amirashel Pesach, the saying of Pesach. We don't call it Sefer Pesach. We don't call it, we call it Haggadah. You know why? It's the happening of Pesach. That's literally what it means. The happening of Pesach. So just to, just to put everything together and to summarize and, and to close. There's a lot of things that we do on Seder night that are unique and special that we don't do throughout the whole year, and we do it as the as everyone's used to say, so children should ask, the people should ask. We're just going to fine tune that. It's not just about people should ask; the people should should really should realize that some kind of experience over here get into the experience. It's not just a story, a physical, technical story of telling a story. It's getting into an environment, getting to a place where actually people are into it, and they are now opened to listening and everything else. And that's the Shinoyu Dalish Ol. That's all of us, as the Abarbanel says, as we call the Haggadah Shel Pesach. So if we actually round back a second to our specific uh, application of Ruchas, and with this, we, uh, we, we, with this, uh, this actually, uh, the summary of the Shir, we get to Ruchas, we see that there are different opinions if you have to wash, if you dip, if you dip something in, in liquid. There are different opinions. Some say you wash with the Bracha again, you need to have a certain amount. We mentioned that before. Some say uh, you should wash it out of bracha during the year, and some say you don't during the year. On Pesach night, everyone agrees that you do. Some say actually because it's a special level of holiness. Some for sure wash because they do it throughout the year too. And others will say so people should ask, meaning that we are actually reliving. We're doing something extra special, extra special. So people should actually get into it. We do things, even though we may not do it during the year, we actually do it on Seder night to make it special. I just want to end also with a beautiful idea that we brought before of actually we're also reliving, like the, when they when they left me time, we're reliving Korban Pesach, reliving the year of Beit HaMikdash, a special level of holiness on the Seder night that we actually do things we may not be mocked on during the year, we actually do do them in Pesach for the extra level of holiness, which really both of them are a very similar idea. It's supposed to be a special night. It's way over and above the Halacha, it's supposed to be a special night and a very, very special experience. That's where we're actually going to wash our hands if we're to be selling a liquid, similar to the way it was done in Beit HaMikdash, that extra special, high-level spiritual experience. So I'd like to thank everyone, truly, for participating this year. And uh, wish everyone Chag Kasher Sameach. This year to have to wash because we will have the base of Migdash. Thank you so much. Great share. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very, very much.